Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am riding solo today. Producer Corey is literally in the middle of a shitty situation. Um, he has told me that his dog is not having the best day, so he is at the best uh, or is at the vet. Um, so thoughts and prayers. Uh, obviously, want Corey's dog to be better. And, you know, he's going to be on that bodybuilder diet, that boiled chicken and rice. So, you know, maybe maybe he'll get ripped in the process, too. But now, look, the big news today and the big news in the NBA is obviously that Kevin Durant has decided to just rage war with the Brooklyn Nets front office, uh, giving out a statement saying, you know, it's either me or the GM and the coach being Sean Marks, Steve Nash. Um. Interesting decision by Kevin Durant here. I don't think that he really understands how contracts work. You should go listen to that other episode of the pot uh, that you guys can listen to as well, where, you know, I talked about his contract and, you know, why it was it's ridiculous what he's asking for right now. And he really just does not have any leverage. Um, I'm aware that right now there are some odds out on whether or not he's even traded Um Yes, being like plus 150, no, minus 200. Um, if he's traded, the Celtics are the betting favorite right now, followed by the Suns, then the Warriors and Raptors. This is just very comical. Uh, the Trailblazers have slipped in there and the Memphis Grizzlies as well. Um, I, I don't really think that he's going to get traded. I don't think that there is enough leverage there for him. I, I think if anything the Nets would maybe look at a coaching change or something, but it's, it's kind of ridiculous because like, look, we all, we all agree that Steve Nash is not the best coach, but like, I don't understand like what, what is Sean Mark supposed to do? What is this team supposed to do when, you know, you resign, you went there, you built this team exactly how you wanted it to be. Like you said, get us James Harden. Then James Harden wants to leave. And then it's like, all right, well, you know, get us whoever, it's a it's a disaster. It's a dumpster fire over there. So I, I don't think that Kevin Durant's going anywhere. And it seems like Kyrie may have been buying back in a little bit. So I don't know. I don't I don't think he's going anywhere. And I, I think that this really is going to be, as I said before, I think this is going to be a really big issue in a collective bargaining agreement. Uh, so there's a couple things I want to talk about today. Other than that, obviously now. Um, we hit preseason preseason NFL football. And one of the things I'm going to give out a bet right now, actually. And the bet is for the Baltimore Ravens to win their first preseason game. Uh, they're about like minus 180 or so. And a big reason why I like this bet is that I understand they're playing the Titans. We realize the Titans bit. The Titan, the Ravens are 20 and 0 in their last 20 preseason games with Jim Harbaugh. So I know that they're against the spread numbers are also good with Harbaugh in the preseason. But look, I'm not trying to. It's just a bet. It's a bet to kind of wet my whistle here. I'm going to be taking the Ravens money line minus 180 is what I grabbed it at in their first game against the Tennessee Titans. And that game is on 8-11. So this is on Thursday is when this game is going to be going on. Next, when you're looking at these teams, I, I just completed my dynasty draft, which it's wild because it's, it's happened so early. 
but it's made the preseason a little bit more interesting. I'm a little bit more interested in what's going on. Like looking at some of these guys who I might not have really cared about or ever even drafted before. So uh, it, it, I, I would recommend a dynasty league, at least at this point, I, I don't think I hate it yet. Um, just, you know, to kind of keep you a little bit motivated, keep you looking at these rookies, keeping you making decisions about how to construct your roster. But with that, we had Dr. Tom Christ on the pod relatively recently. And one of the things is that they, that he said is, you know, he was on a vacation, but they wanted to really get their podcast going on the way. So after you finish this pod, tune into their first episode. Uh, if their Twitter is at injury underscore fantasy, and you can find their podcast. It's on Spotify. I think it might be on Apple as well, but I retweeted, I tweeted it out there and they're talking about some of the injury concerns for fantasy football right now. And it's a good way to kind of get some of the some more information from an actual doctor. You can kind of listen to it on your drive. And, you know, you're talking about they're talking about Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Barkley, et cetera. So all these guys that you really want to be able to make good decisions on at the beginning of your draft to kind of construct your team around moving forward. So definitely give it a listen. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I, I put it out there, hit them up on Twitter. If you have any questions, they're pretty, they were actually pretty responsive and they had a website. So with that, I want to transition back to a little bit of NBA talk here because that's, this is just my bread and butter and DraftKings put out some props. Yeah, I know it's early, but the props are for player stat over unders. It's not like the NFL though. Because they're doing it, they're not doing totals, they're doing it on like per game. So assists per game, rebounds per game, points per game, threes per game. And it's interesting. And it's something that I've thought about for a while. Like, do I like to bet this market? Because it reminds me of like win total over-unders. Like, I like the idea of them, right? But I don't really like laying money for almost a year basically to get like not even even money you're you're betting on things that are like minus 110 minus 120 minus 115 i don't really love it because it's feel like it puts me in a situation where i have these investments or so to speak i can't get into them there's no way to cash them out there's no way to assess them in the middle of the season like if i like it or don't like it it's not like a, a division bet where if I have a bet, I can start hedging on it because of a situation. Like there's really no way to do that with these. And it's made me wonder, like, is it really worth laying the money? And while I've advocated about how to use free bets on stuff like this, I don't really like using free bets on this either because you don't get the stake back. So you're just going to get the win. So it's like, if you have a $25 free bet, and you put it on like a minus 110 bet, you're going to get what, $21 back after nine months when you could have just used that on, you know, a future instead, if you're going to leave it hanging that long and kind of create a portfolio where you get a little bit better situation where they hedge on each other. But I like this as like a thought exercise. I like the idea of windows because it helps me think about teams. It helps me think about players and it helps me, you know, try to envision what a team is going to be like or what I think that they might be setting prop lines for moving forward. So when I'm looking at the NBA this season, I like I, like I would like to 
bet on like alternate lines. Like if I could say, I think that this guy will go over, you know, this rebound line or under this rebound line or over this assist line or points line or whatever, besides just the base, then this is much more intriguing because then it comes down to my cap a little bit more. And same thing with wins and like win totals, if you could do that, which you can sort of do in a way um, with a very a couple of different markets. Some of them are obviously to make or miss the playoffs, because if you think that a team might fall into the playing range, now you have a hedgeable opportunity if they're like a big plus number to maybe miss the playoffs because you can bet against them in that spot for the opposite side, if you think that a team is going to overperform, you could bet them maybe to to either make the playoffs, to win their division, because then it doesn't deal with success in the postseason, because that can get a little bit wonky too, based on matchups like, you know, how the Jazz have been an incredible or had been a re- incredible regular season team, but because of the defensive I don't want to even say deficiencies, but just the fact that they were so tied to one defensive scheme with Rudy Gobert that they were exploitable in the playoffs. So I I think that by betting the divisions, which nobody thinks really matters in the NBA, but it matters for betting purposes. So that's that's definitely an interesting angle as well. One of those bets that I like is the Pelicans win totals at like 45 and a half right now. I don't... I. I I think the line is good. I think it's a fair line. I just think that I'd rather bet on their maximum outcome, which is for them to win the division at four to one. Uh, you know, their division is them, the Mavericks, the uh, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Rockets. So I think that there's a decent opportunity there for them, uh, especially considering the injuries to Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to be able to replicate that, their success in the same way. The fact that the Mavericks lost, who in my opinion, it was their highest floor raiser uh, or their stabilizer, I guess, in Jalen Brunson, who's now in the New York Knicks. And the Rockets are going to be bad. The Spurs are going to be bad. So at four to one, I like their chances here. I, I don't. I really don't think that it's that crazy. Now, when I'm looking at these props, I like to look at a couple things. I like to look at what they did previously in like the previous seasons, obviously. And I like to kind of couple it with not only my own handicap, but why, like, why is this line being set where it is? And I generally think that, oh, number one, when you bet these, DraftKings is sneaky because what they do is traditionally when we're betting on these markets, when you're looking at your phone, over is almost always on the left, under on the right. DraftKings will not do that. They will mix it up on you. They will put the over on the left-hand side sometimes, and then sometimes they'll put the under on the left-hand side because you're doing it automatically. You're not even thinking about it. Next thing you know, you bet it. You bet the wrong thing. And then you have to bet the opposite side so you don't like it. And now you're just laying money for months as a big and like the and you're gonna lose the vig. It's it's a disaster. So just make sure that you're actually betting what you want to. Like be careful with it. Don't just like blindly do it like by rote as you normally would. But I like to I like to look at these props and I'm like, well, what's been the issue here? Like, why is this line here? Is this too is this a trap line? What's the perception? One of those bets is that like my first one that I that I saw that I loved I was like Anthony Davis under 10.1 rebounds per game. 
He hasn't recorded 10.1 rebounds per game in any season with the Lakers. He's got 9.3, 7.9, and 9.9. He had a bunch with the Pelicans. But the thing is, he's just not really the biggest hustler. The guy's made a glass, and he doesn't want to play the five. And then you have a guy like LeBron who will secure rebounds. You have other big men that like are, all they can do is secure rebounds. And Andy Davis is fine just chilling on the perimeter. And part of that has to do with the fact that he can kind of defend multiple positions. And he obviously isn't tied to just defending centers and, you know, traditional, traditional bigs. But he just, that's just not his thing. He's not hustling like that at this point of his career. It's just not happening. And I don't think it's going to start happening after three years of being coddled. I I just don't see it. Now, the next bet is the same under 10 and a half or 10.1 rebounds per game. And it's for Bam out of bio, totally different reasons. Bam is a savage, but he had 10.1 last year, 9.0 the year prior. And then the season before that, he had 10.2. I just think that this is a spot to kind of fade him. And it's really because of the style of defense that he plays. He gets out there. He defends outside. And this is something that we took advantage of last season. We took a lot of unders on Bam's rebounds And it's just that, like, it's not that he's a bad defender because he's not. It's just that rebounds are not indicative of good defense, uh, as it's often been thought of. It's just it's not accurate. That's just not an accurate comparison there. It's not an it's not a one to one. It's not a great correlation. Um, So I think between that and then if you add in Lowry, who, you know, when he's healthy, he can also grab rebounds like he's got that big fucking caboose butt like he's going to box people out. He's going to get he's going to get some boards. So that takes away from Bam a little bit as well. Um, I know that they obviously lost P.J. Tucker, but P.J. Tucker, you know, he's not that guy anymore. It's just, you know, he's a gritty dude. He's like, that's what he does. But like he's not he's not stealing a ton of Bam's rebounds. Um, the next bet I think is interesting because I thought. I thought that he, this is a guy that's going to get traded. And this person is D'Angelo Russell. And it's funny because in one of, in my action network Slack, uh, I was talking and one guy, Jim, he, me and him are on opposite sides of the same bet. Like I, I haven't bet this formally yet, but I like it. Uh, and it's for him to go under 7.3 assists per game. He's never hit this number before. He had 7.1 last season. And I think that the reason there's this bump, and I think, and Jim kind of said it, and it's like Rudy Gobert is going to get you those little dunks, those little lobs and stuff like that. But I just don't want to have any part of a bet that I'm relying on Rudy Gobert to do something on offense. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But look, his assist percentage, it's been very static. He's got roughly between 30% and 35% over the last five seasons. And his high was 39.3%. That was all the way back with the Nets. And that's because he was more focal point in the offense. So I don't really see how this changes too dramatically here. And he goes up from the 7.1. Like I, I just don't think that there's enough there. And I do think that there's a chance he gets traded. I mean, look... <laughs> I think there's a chance. I think it makes sense that he's traded, but apparently from what we're hearing, there's just no market for D'Angelo Russell. Nobody wants him. And it's not that he's like a bad dude. Like, you know, it's just that nobody wants him. 
he just isn't fitting into any team that wants to trade for him or take on that contract. And the fact that he's going to be an expiring soon, like just nobody wants that. Um, so he knows basketball. He knows all these people in the league. He knows a lot of things about the game. I just think that this 7.3 is a bit out of reach considering he, you know, was playing on this team that moved so fast and they got a lot of possessions and he got 7.1 last season. I, I just don't see it going up again, especially as Anthony Edwards should probably take a bigger part of the offense. And that kind of leads me into my next play, which is for Anthony Edwards to go over 3.2 threes per game this season. He made three on 8.4 attempts last season. I think he should be a much bigger part of the offense. This is really his team now. And I think with another year with Chris Finch, uh, I, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Anthony Edwards to really explode. And I know we talked about my boy Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, for most improved. Anthony Edwards is the favorite, and this is a big reason why. The guy can shoot from three. He can shoot from distance. He can yam. He can run an offense. He can play pretty good defense. He's in the movie Hustle with Bo Cruz, obviously. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a good spot for Anthony Edwards to really excel. And one of the other, th this kind of ties into a bunch of three point props. And I'm looking at guys where they should have more opportunity to play better. And two of those guys are Luka Doncic. It sounds crazy uh, to even include Luka in a guy that's like, how could he have more usage? And then Desmond Bain. Both of them are set at 3.2 threes per game. The thing here is that Luca's a great, excellent shooter, um, but he takes a lot of highly contested shots. He makes them, though, at a great clip. Bain is just one of the flat-out best three-point shooters in the NBA. And although Dylan Brooks should be there, Jaron Jackson Jr., I expect to miss some games. And then for Luca, they're without Jalen Brunson. So, even in there was it's like super small sample size for both of them without Jaron Jackson Jr. and then Luca without Brunson, they saw spikes in their three point attempts. I'm not sure if it's enough that I want to bet these for season long props, but I do think that there's enough that I want to bet on them to start the season, especially with the fact that Luca is going to be playing some EuroBasket. And Bain is probably going to start this season without Jaron Jackson Jr. And then kind of get that get that rolling here and try to like build on his third season. So those are things that like I might not bet now, but like when I'm looking at their lines in the first game of the season, if I see 2.5 for either of them, I'm going to be smashing and probably laddering or escalating up on some of those alternate lines. One guy that I think I might play this season long prop though for is LeBron James. His is set at over 2.9 threes per game. And the thing is he's taken a higher percentage of his shots from three point range each season lately. And he took 34% of his shots from three last season. He's kind of changed his game a bit. And like, obviously Le we know LeBron can yam still. We know that he's got an exceptional mid range game, but he's really taken a book, a page out of Steph Curry's book, cookbook, if you will. <laughs> That's so corny. <laughs> and, you know, he's taken, he's taking a lot more threes and it's going to help him not only with his longevity, but they need him to do that. They don't have the same offense anymore. Like Russell Westbrook is not stretching the floor. Anthony Davis shouldn't be stretching the floor in that way. Um, and you kind of need this from LeBron. So I think that the over 2.9 threes per game is a bet that I like. 
And I think that that's something that he can obviously definitely get to this season, especially as he's trying to, you know, pass the points record and take down all those titles, et cetera, et cetera. This is a good way for him to do so while, you know, kind of reducing some of the stress on his body. And we know how he takes that and how seriously he takes that. With all of this in mind, that's the way I, I'm capping this. And that's something that I'm looking for, right? Like, that's how I would look at these. Those are the ones that stood out to me when I looked at DraftKings. Because I know, like, people have been asking, you know, like, are you betting this? What do you think? Those are the ones that stood out to me. I don't know if I'm betting them. I think the one that I am going to bet is the Anthony Davis under 10.1 rebounds per game. I just don't really see it. Uh, and that was, the, like I said, that was the one that stood out to me first. But it's not... Those, these are not bets that I would recommend like, oh, like, you know, maybe bet like 10 of them. Like, sure, like I could probably hit, you know, seven or eight of these and I go seven and eight and like two or, or seven and three, eight and two, whatever. And that's that's great. That's awesome. I just don't really think I want to tie up 10 units preseason on stuff like this. That's just that's not that's just not my MO. And this leads me to a, a bigger point in the sports betting world right now. I know that a lot of people use models and I know that a lot of people, you know, pull data from a variety of different things. And I think that there's this like theory and it's basically that when, when something becomes common and when it becomes more mainstream, it becomes easier to predict. It becomes easier to, you know, adapt to because you've seen it more often. And I, we're obviously all trying to beat the books. It's a worthy endeavor. It's a good endeavor. But I think that the problem is like, if you rely too heavily on just like raw data and it's something that I noticed, I was like falling into this trap a little bit towards the end of the NBA season. And it's something that I noticed there was like a, a little bit of like a lull in, in MLB betting too. And I think the tool is awesome. Like I, I love props.cash. I use it often, regularly. And there's a lot of reliance on this person has cleared this line in, you know, like 80% of games. And I think that what's interesting is that like when I'm looking at that, it stands out as something that like I want to bet or I want to play, but there has to be like a reason why it's set there. And I think that the problem is like, it's like, if we're just betting on numbers, if we're just betting on like a model or we're just betting on like what we see in terms of this, it can kind of create a problem because like we're not capping it anymore. And these books, they're higher. Like they have full-time data people. They have full-time cappers. They have full-time, you know, bookmakers. This is what they do. So they they know how they want to balance their books. They know how they want to do that. So, you almost have to be sure that like when you're betting on these things that you're you able to use your own cap and your own, you know, your own analysis of a game and like think of the circumstances. So like if you're betting on purely on numbers, I remember this, I was talking to Brandon about this the other day and I was like, remember back, like right before the all-star break, the Milwaukee Bucks played the Atlanta Hawks and the spread was like, Bucks minus three. And you and we were both just like, well, how is this spread minus three? Like you literally, like you have to take it because Milwaukee shouldn't be only minus three against Atlanta. But then you remember it's like, uh, because they got their doors blown off and then you go, oh, well, I guess I should have known like it's the day before the all-star break. 
you got all these guys that are flying out. Like they probably didn't really care. Like the motivation's not there. They're not playing that kind of defense. They're going to play drop against Atlanta. It's like a ske- it's scheduled loss. It's a schedule spot. But if we're so reliant on our numbers, then we can sometimes lose sight of what we're actually looking at and what we're actually watching. So I'm not saying to like disregard your numbers, but I'm just saying to make sure that whenever you do look at your numbers, to temper it with your own handicap. And that can be, you know, not just like percentages that the guy hits the line or something like that, but you can say, well, this is the type of defense that they play or this is the guy that they put on him. And then it's like, even if they put the line low, they might still like, it it doesn't mean they can't go over or it's going to necessarily go under. It's just that like, you're trying to garner action in a particular way. So, you know, just be cognizant of that and really try to assess from not just the like, all right, well, like this guy's done this this many times, but at this price, is this worth it? And like, I'm not going to bet everything. So I can't just all of a sudden, like if I can't bet every single thing that's plus EV when I look at it, I'm just not going to do that. So when I'm doing it, it's like, you can't just like pick and choose when you're going to say like, all right, well, this is it, or this one's plus EV. And like, I'm going to follow this one, but I'm not going to follow that one. It defeats the point of like your analysis almost. So you really just have to assess each thing and take each data point and then use that to form your own conclusions. So I guess that's a long way of me saying like, you know, do your own research to a certain extent, but also just remember to take more things into consideration than just, you know, oh, they've hit this line in this many times. Or like this team's won against this team, you know, 10 out of 11 times this season because what makes this one different? Or like, why is the line set in the way that it is? So there's a lot of things going on. And that's that was just kind of my long form rambling of this thought. Um, with that in mind, though, I'm going to let you guys go. I do have a recommendation though first. And the recommendation is nobody else can see this. Corey can see this. I got this. I got this Dragon Ball Z energy drink. It's called Spirit Bomb. And I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave this one closed. I don't think I can't imagine, I don't think that energy drinks go bad, but I just kind of love the aesthetic of it. Kind of keeps me pumped up at the desk. So I'm going to recommend energy drinks. It's nice to have one every so often. Um, I think it, it kind of is a motivator. Uh, I personally like bangs the most nice. Um, but I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones. So let me know what your favorite ones are. I like them. I think they kind of give you that pick me up. It's, it's especially right now. It's so hot. Like I want something cold. I don't always want a nice coffee. Grab yourself a nice cold energy drink, whether it's a monster, whether it's a bang, whether it's a Red Bull, whether it's a Spirit Bomb, Dragon Ball Z energy drink. Get your get your drink on out there. Stay cool. And let's cash that. You'll say we've got nothing in common. No common ground to start from. And we're falling apart. You'll say the world has come between us. Our lives-
She said I 